Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. TNT Hoops, episode 27. Putting our back just with some topics that we want to touch on from the recent NBA games. Um, obviously, some of the birds. Got a new segment for y'all called Overrated, Underrated. Uh, obviously, we're bringing back facts and cap for y'all as well. Uh, and then we'll just close out with just some updates on TNT Hoops, some of the things that we're trying to plan. And, uh, getting the words for y'all. Yes, sir. TNT Hoops. Answer said it all. Let's get into it. TNT Hoops, episode 27. How was your weekend, bro? Uh, it was slow. A little slow. Got yeah. to uh, take off on Friday. Uh, I hear you. Always well out, needed. Yeah, hung out a little bit. Saw some family that was, was well needed. How was yours? School, school, it was on my grind, chilling, falling back, staying out the way. You know what I'm saying? But as you should. Glad we uh we back in the swing of things. Yeah, uh, as you could tell, listeners, we probably in a somber mood due to some of the recent events in Philly sports. We gonna get into that a little a bit later. Somber mood. Yeah, somber. Somber is <laughs> a good way to or an easy well, way to put it. We're in a tight spot as Philadelphia fans. Back to back, horrible efforts from our two. We'll be our superstars in yeah. this city. The worst so. games of their careers. On, <laughs> Both of them. Within 30 games. hours, I think. Is what That's kind of crazy to think how it just happened like that. Yeah. Wentz and then, like, I don't think Wentz could have played any worse. And then Joel he obviously couldn't have played any worse. He had zero points. Yeah. Do y'all get that? He had zero points. But yeah, so that, that, that that's the bulk of our weekend, I guess, sports-related-wise. Uh, Life-related, both of us are alive and we're doing well. Of um, course. Blessings all the time, you know. So thank God for every new day, but, you know. Yeah. We live it. Did you see the Tesla thing? So Elon Musk debuted uh, the Tesla truck on, I think, Friday or Saturday at one of those, you know, like, forums or conventions where the guy stands up there in right. a leather jacket and shows you his new product and tells you to buy it and right. yada, yada, yada. So he has... The new pickup truck, and he's basically bragging about how it's bulletproof to a nine millimeter pistol, um, right? From like a certain, I guess, distance. Damn, PG just <laughs> threw one down. Um, <laughs> Paul George, Tomahawk, go ahead. He has a car, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me so he, he, bring, he brings a guy out on stage, and he's like, All right, throw this metal ball. The metal ball is about probably the size of, uh, like, I don't know, like a softball or a little bit bigger. Boom, launches at the, uh, the driver's side window. <laughs> Boom, cracks it. <laughs> you hear Elon Musk like, oh, F, or oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to curse because my mom listens. Shot mom. Um, Bro, go ahead. Th- throws it again at the uh, the backseat, uh, past the uh, driver's side window. Boom. Boom, <laughs> cracks it again. So that was just one of the funnier things that I saw over the weekend. Um, I, but what were you, you telling me earlier something about his stock? Went down to yeah, eventually as net worth dipped a little bit, but like in reality, like nothing flew out of his pockets. Like obviously, people were a little like, um, I guess shaky about like the reveal of the truck, but like 
obviously within because he has what, like a hundred dollars to pre-order the truck and it's, it's refundable so hold on so he, he said the windows are bulletproof straight up boy just threw a rock yeah basically <laughs> a, me, a metal ball i don't know what oh, the density ball. was i don't know if it was iron or something like, like heavy different aluminum, but yeah, yeah but yeah, still yeah. if a metal ball can get through, i'm pretty sure a bullet can get through Facts. um regardless uh, i don't think he really lost money i think it was more of just a instant shock and his network sinks, and then it just goes right back up as Tesla stocks begins to rise, and people begin to have interest in the car. Um, anything interesting that you saw over the weekend? Luka Doncic might be a top five player in the world, and we were saying top ten. We, but yeah. I watched Luka Doncic <laughs> go to Houston. I don't know if it was. I think it was 41, 12, 10, something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. He was the best player on the floor with with James Harden and Russell Westbrook playing. And it kind of gave me a feel of a new era is coming, a new wave of guys. Like now Harden and Westbrook are the, the vets that mm -hmm. are trying to keep up with the young guys. It's, it's crazy to think like it's, you know what I mean? That this is their prime years, but like those regular season games, like the young guys, this is their way. Yeah, he'll come to Houston on a Sunday mm -hmm. when you may have been out last night or you may have been chilling over the weekend. And right. he's the number one offense in the league with the Mavericks and just giving you a 44 spot, like a 41 spot. Right. But that, the thing is, that's crazy. Is I'm not even saying like a Harden and a Westbrook aren't the, like all-stars, but Luka, this time, those are the guys that are about to start making an all-star game. The Jason Tatums, the Devin Bookers, the Lukas, yeah. the Trey Young. That's who the kids want to see. Yeah, it's, that's uh, who's about to start, you know, making the all-star games. So that kind of showed me, I'm like, yo, their time is now. Luka's obviously an outlier. He's average of 30 yeah he okay. can't even get a legal drink yet like, <laughs> dude's 20 averaging 30 like come on bro last 10 games 33 points um 10 rebounds 10 assists steal in 33 minutes a game shooting 50 percent thing that's, that's so impressive about it was the consistency and it's on whoever like, yeah it's like it could be the worst team in the league with the, like the the pelicans or it could be with the kings and it can be the same exact sort of thing against the rockets it's truly scary to see um what are your thoughts kind of just about how they're using Porzingis, I know we're going to get into it a little bit later in another one of our segments, but how do you think he's been fitting in? I mean, Luka's just playing out of his mind right now. I think he's making it so much easier for everybody than a guy like Porzingis, who's so big, so skilled. Yeah. I think it's kind of a seamless fit. Uh, I think, I don't I don't know what his numbers are exactly right now, but I know he hasn't put up huge, huge numbers. Um, but I, th I think, you know, Luka... And him look good together. What are they eleven and five right now? Yeah, uh, fourth in the West. So, I mean, it's been a seamless fit just because obviously their styles match. Their styles mesh. You got Luca who shoots the three. You know, a lot of long rebounds. Porzingis is a good offensive rebounder around the rim. You know, getting finishes when Luca goes to the rack, finishing around the rim. You know, catching, dunking around the rim. So, uh, I think it kind of looks like Porzingis has developed his inside game and worked on that this year a little bit more than he has in the you know in the past yeah well he's, he's trying a little bit but he's still kind of floated like i think he floats yeah he yeah. for sure floats and but it, only time porzingis would go to the paint if it was a straight dash to the lane yeah. you know what i mean he never worked down there like now he's getting those offensive rebounders offensive rebounds being strong going back up strong yeah and uh i think that's a that's a testament to playing with luca and just having those opportunities yeah um right now i guess in the West, with, with our standings, we were pretty accurate um, when we did the TNT Hoops uh, prediction pod. Um, right. But the Mavs, would, I guess, would be the only outlier team, like you said, so far. 
uh, no, no, uh, the sons as well. But. Yeah, I wanted to say I actually wanted to touch on something I said on the last pod. I had them at forty. I was like forty-eight wins easy. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll be that's like their max. They'll be like in a 45, 46 range now. I'm thinking just because you kind of see now they're not catching teams by surprise. Yeah, and they're you have still to be awake for the Phoenix. Yeah, and they're still in a lower echelon in the league as far as talent. So. I think they'll win more games just because they have more NBA guys now around Devin Booker, and he's just such a good, a great, efficient player. I think it's going to be his first All-Star game this year. Uh, I think they'll be good, but I don't think they'll be. I was saying 48-50, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. I think it'll be probably the 45-46 range now. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Um, Our first segment, Facts or Cat, um, brought to you now by eight months on TNT Hoops. Um, first facts or cap that we have is Ben Simmons, a top 20 player in the NBA. Facts or cap, what do you think? That is... What you put on your head, that is cap. Okay. That is cap. He is not a top 20 player anymore. Yeah. Um, in fact, he might not be a top 30 or 40 player. Wow. Um, That's... It'll be tough for me to... Yeah, we getting right into it. You know what I'm saying? We ain't waste no time. <laughs> we get right into it, Ben. But it'll be, I mean, for me to actually list 40 guys will probably be tough. I don't know. You have to look at the impact on both sides of the court. But yeah. I don't think you can say he's a top 20 player. A guy that, you know, doesn't shoot the ball, doesn't really have a perimeter, doesn't have a perimeter game at all. So he hinders you in the half court, obviously clogs your spacing because he refuses to shoot outside mm-hmm. jumpers. And a guy that is now hasn't taken that step to become a quote-unquote point guard and still turns the ball over at a high rate. So if you're not shooting the ball and you're turning the ball over at a high rate, um, your value to the team just, you know. The flashes aren't good enough. Yeah, Yeah. the little flashes offensively in transition getting to the rim, doing some of the great things you can do due to your athleticism and your height. Um, All that stuff just gets, you know, thrown in the trash, and you only can do it in in, in little stretches because of how – inconsistent your game is because you're lacking the outside jumper so long story i mean to put that all in the words um he's not a top 20 guy there's definitely 20 guys i take over ben simmons yeah so that's cap and I, I agree that's cap as well just because as you said like it's just so inconsistent um where you have the night when they played the knicks and obviously the knicks was the easy game and it's a win and he hits his first day in the first quarter and like we talked about earlier you have all the confidence in the world to take that shot, but then why shell up after that? Why for the rest of the game clog up that little wing side of the floor near the corner? Why not step out and shoot another one? Not, why not try to build upon that? Um, there's something to be said about, and just not, not to be cliche, but the dog in him. And I think what I'm starting to realize the older I get is that you know after year one or two with most guys in the NBA, like is this, is this guy going to, be your guy like it's a definitive almost like it shouldn't be questioned like we shouldn't be questioning it after year three now like regardless of like i love that you said that because regardless of what happens in because <clears throat> you know these these guys in the league they get hurt um it's actually ironic he did get hurt last night john moran but yeah. you can see regardless of what happens in his in his career as far as if they ever get enough talent around him for them to be you know a actual team in the West, a contender in the West. You just know, like, he's going to be a dog. He's competing every night. You just know. Like you said, you know from day one now in this league because it... And he would would do anything that he has to do to win. We we talked about Giannis, and we talked about uh, how 
every time you look away, he's taking another small increment, taking another small step, and he will shoot like last night. He shot three for eight from three, and all that's not his strong suit. He got up. He got, what's that? Thirty-seven percent. He got up. Eight three. Got him up. Because they're giving to him, and then he's taking what the defense giving, and he still had fifty and fourteen. Yeah. So you can still do what you're you're gifted at, and it's within the flow of the game. And now we're seeing this with Ben, and it's so it's so frustrating because he he'll show off like what like he had what eighteen in that Knicks game, and we were all excited like Ben played really well eighteen and thirteen. But in reality, that it's one, it's the Knicks, and two, it was a, what a four point game towards the end. So we didn't really we were down. Yeah. We were down like twenty. So we didn't really control the game. And it's like as much as an impact we'd like to say he has is sometimes you were telling me last night, it's like he's not as smart as we think. Sometimes he clogs the space up. Like when he's not rolling in the half court, like he kind of just runs in front of you, gives you the ball, and just like sits in the corner. And then like we'll just kind of run to the next spot. And like he's not going to do anything off ball. So you know like the left side of you is just dead. And defenders know that. And other coaches' teams know that. So it's just it's he's kind of sits there and waits for somebody to maybe – drive and give him a quick dump so he can get a dunk. But other than that, he's useless on the offensive end. And one thing I want to just say to piggyback off that, that actually irritates me about him is he has the audacity to try to seal on the post. And if Joel Embiid, a 7-2 center whose strong suit is not throwing entry passes, and <laughs> Al Horford don't see him in a split second, he'll quickly jump out of the post and just like throw a little mini fit on the court and it's like i notice all that stuff because obviously i play the game you see how guys react to certain plays and you can see that he's like visibly upset or trying to show that he's upset like bro you got centers trying to throw you the ball on a block and you're trying that's, to call yourself a point guard you're trying to call you, like we have no problem if you have the matchup you know you can score it every time and you do that you're a dominant player in that way and offensively you want to dominate and dominate the game that way but you don't do that. He doesn't abuse his strengths. So who's like looking for you to score the ball? And then he gets all mad when they don't pass to him on that split second in the post. It's like, bro. And it's that inconsistency that begins to hurt the team because when you don't know where you're getting every single night from the guy that has the ball in his hands for damn near, but I would say close to sixty percent of the game. Right. Then, right. Like it's, it hurts. You don't know if he's feeling like going downhill and actually getting to the bucket. He's gonna be. It's one of those nights where he's just dumping it back to James Ennis or dumping it back to Horford. Like on like with the guys aren't even expecting the ball. Like you were breaking it down to me earlier about just of how hurtful that pass is, just to kind of the flow of the offense. Look what he's doing to Horford. Yeah, like you were saying like it's 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 taking Horford's best asset where it's like kind of score under the radar and just be super effective efficient. and just an annoying, yeah. annoyingly efficient. Like now he has to be a volume. Shooter, he's shooting threes in transition because Ben speeds the ball up the court. And Ben's only option of offense in transition. Well, now this year, I don't know why he's like this, but his only option now is to, I guess, get to the foul line area and then throw it back towards he's, a to a center at the three point line to shoot a three. It's like, bro, like, as at some point, that's not even great passing. That's just it's worthless. That's passing. yeah. It's, like, anybody can go, not yeah. anybody, but you know what I mean. You can get that production out of a TJ McConnell if that's what it is, offensively at least. Yeah, and and when your own team doesn't know what to expect out of you, it just kind of it puts us in a loop. Like you need guys like like Mike Scott to hit, go for four threes in a night right. to kind of get, pull you out of a hole. Like it's just. I don't know. We're going to talk more about the Sixers later and some of the struggles that I think we've noticed. So long um, facts are yeah, cat. <laughs> yeah, long facts are cat. But right now, right, feeling crazy. Yeah. All right. right now, like it's just and and I and this is the last thing I'll say. <laughs> we are feeling. 
don't look at the numbers, Sixers fan. Like you, we've watched Benny enough to yeah, now say, all right, we true. know what he is. Don't look at all right. He'll maybe have like twenty three and fifteen one night. It's it's how you do it. It's how you go about getting those numbers consistently because the fluctuation between high, low, high, low. That's so bad. Like when you when you have a guy like Luca or Devin who's giving you a consistent. 23, and he's not those guys by any measure, which is crazy because he's after those guys, but still, besides the point, or even Trey, where it's consistent every single night, it's easier to build around. Mm-hmm. But when you have a volatile piece like Ben Simmons, it's, that gives you 23, and then 6, and then yeah. 17, and then 10, 18, eight. 10, 4, 10. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. terrible. All right, next factor cap we got. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Damn, uh, Ken. Looking at the seedings for the Western Conference, um, with LA being the number one team right now, fifteen and two, can the Lakers and the Clippers meet in the playoffs? Uh, will they? Or, meet will, will, well, not in the playoffs, but will they meet in the Western Conference Finals? Is how you see things shaking out right now. Um, give me a second as I pull up the Western Conference stands. But what do you think, facts or cap? I said that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, they're both. Uh, it's going to be those two. In the Western Conference Finals. Okay. That's just a straight fact. I think they're the two dominant teams out there right now. Um, I know you have teams like Denver. You have teams like Houston uh, that may challenge. Maybe even a Utah. But I think when it all comes down to it, the superstars of the NBA play in Los Angeles. Uh, well, about the four or five top ten guys play yeah. in L.A. So, you know, they play in Los Angeles, and it's just going to be tough for those guys to really compete. Like, I think, you know, the Rockets, obviously, Harden gets you a puncher's chance, like I always say. Sorry about that. Yeah. Gives you a puncher's chance, like I always say, but uh, nobody's beating the Lakers and nobody's beating the Clippers, in my eyes. Yeah, I, I also agree that's a fact. Um, before I even get into my point, that's a good thought that you had. Just, like, the NBA, the past five years, the finals have been involved in uh, Golden State over the past, yeah, three years? No, five years. So it's, yeah, five. so it's always been in California. So now you don't think they're so happy now. They've just moved down the street to Southern California with the Lakers and Clippers and how the seating looks right now with the Lakers at one and the Clippers at three. Um, that's perfect because the Lakers would have to play the Mavs or the Rockets who are in that four or five seed range. Um, the Rockets could very well skyrocket up to that three seed. But if it shakes out as it is now, that'd be the best Western Conference of our lifetime. I, I don't see... Like what, what conference finals is even mirroring that? Like, I mean, the Warriors-Rockets was close, but anything with Bron in it is just taking over the you top. You got Bron and, like, and you got Kawhi and Paul George on the other side, and Bron has AD as his guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's facts as that's well. Gonna be, that's going to be what's going to All right, I got one. Facts or cap? Markel Fultz is a bust. Mm, your guy, your guy. Um, My son. Okay, so Markel Fultz. I'm gonna be honest here. Probably later after the the trade, and I think about February or whenever it happened when Fultz left us, I probably would have said, "Yeah, he's a bust," just because of how sick he is. But my eyes can't lie. Um, he's playing very well right now with Orlando. Uh, again, numbers aside, like you see the clips of him and just he's starting to get the feel where he's getting the basket, finding Obama. Like the one pass he had, like he beat his man off the dribble, threw that shit behind his head and behind the defender, like hooked it around both of them, which yeah. is just, that's, no, that's first pick in the draft talent. Right. Um, and you're seeing those flashes more and more. And I think as a fan and as someone who's evaluating the team, like that's all you want to see right now. Like 
I don't care if he shoots two for eight or he airballs a three like he did against us. Um, as long as he's balling, like, and he's he's playing extended minutes and getting his shots up, and like, eventually the points will come. Um, so, Marco Fultz, a bust. That is cat. That is what you put on your head. That is cat. Marco Fultz is not a bust. I told y'all, my boy is coming different, and he's starting to come different. No, like you said, though, all jokes aside, he's getting his rhythm. He's getting his rhythm. I mean, he's a he's a silky type player. Like he gets in the mid range, he gets to the basket. He's a great passer. And I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to take it a step further. Not only is he not a bust, I would rather have Markel Fultz than Ben Simmons. Oh, right shit. now on the Sixers, I'd rather have Markel. Right at you, I'd rather have Markel Fultz. Than ben Simmons. All right, so you listen. Put, it's Quid, uh, Quid, his yeah, Quiddy and I haven't talked about this beforehand, but oh, like I'm going to let Quiddy read you his numbers real quick. No, no, no. So, all right. So he's averaging what eleven. You go read his numbers. You read his numbers. So right now, okay, yeah, right, right now he's it's a comma eleven. Uh, Five, four assists, two rebounds in 24 minutes a night. So he's in not 24 a, minutes. Yeah. So that's a fix. It's, it's very efficient. And Ben's playing probably about 33, 34 minutes. And Ben's probably averaging like 13 points. Yeah. And then look at his percentages. Yeah. He shoots from, I think he shoots 82 from the line. Yeah. Field like, goals percentage is 50%. Three-point is obviously struggling because it's, he's still coming back. And, and what is he shooting eight, from three? 18%. What is he shooting, though? He's shooting. Yeah. He's actually shooting. Yeah. He's shooting the ball. Ben Simmons doesn't see, shoot the ball. Did. I see what like, he did there. I you know what I'm saying? But he's 100%, Quiddy. Yeah. Wait, no, no, he's, he's 50% because he took a three with five seconds left on the shot last night. Last oh, man. <laughs> yeah, my bad. So he's 50%. So he's higher than those. But he's one for two, Quiddy. Bro, he's a clown. Like, this kid, like, had to rework his whole shot because of some BS shoulder stuff he had. And... Is doing it and shoot, trying to shoot the ball and become a at least a respectable three point shooter and letting the rest of his game grow while staying aggressive yeah. on the court. Ben is doing half of that offensively, yeah. so I'd rather have him. Yeah, I ain't taking that back either. I, I don't think I would agree, but I do think that Markel is not a bust, as I said, and he's coming along um, a lot better than Ben Simmons is in, in a year's worth of I guess progression, which is weird to say. Like, it's crazy. Um, Nobody would fall, right? Yeah. So. I think that will end our facts or cap segment. That will lead us right into our Sixers. Um, just overall as a team. Uh, <laughs> every, every topic came back to Ben Simmons. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and and guess what, listeners? This is the same shit. So, so back to Ben and the Sixers. Yo. <laughs> oh, we, yo. All right, what's next, bro? Yo. So, so look, look, look at our Sixers, like, in the past, what, 10 games, right? We We've... Started to kind of shake and waver a little bit, being from the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, <laughs> That's his numbers? Yeah, so th- those are Ben's numbers. We'll, we'll get yeah. back off of him. Yeah. But we look bad, just, I guess, in, in just in short. Like, I don't think people are really... We don't take, look bad. Uh, well, here's why I say We bad. don't look like what we thought we'd look like. Yeah. We don't look bad. And, and, and to me, that's I guess that's an exaggeration saying bad, but... It goes with what I would say. It's not how many games you win. It's how you win the games, right? And so if we're winning these games where it's just always, oh, do we need Mike Scott or Furcon to go off? Or out of nowhere, Trey Burke. Yeah, that, that, another thing that I'm sure you'll we'll, we'll get into in a second. Um, we need just different contributors, but it's never just consistency from our top-level guys. Like Embiid used to be that guy, but this season he hasn't shown um, the ability, A, to be there, B, to even put those numbers up that – like, all right, you know you're getting the 23 and 12 from Embiid. Um, 
Our needs, we need 28 from him, bro. We need 30 from him. With this roster, the way the team is built, with having Ben Simmons, you have to score that many more points to yeah. be more of an, a, a dominant force, which even puts more pressure on the bead, which is actually kind of scary as far as his you know, development. Yeah. The load he had to carry the last two years as far as being a main scorer. And, but back to what you and, and we, we kind of... And it's just weird all around because... I think the biggest thing, I think this is what was going to be our segment, the biggest thing that I would change dating back to the Jimmy Butler trade and what was it, like November 12th. Uh, since then, the one thing I, I it was, it's the Tobias trade. Um, I love Tobias, and I think Tobias is better than some people give him credit for, and he's the best thing that was available. But if I would have known that we wouldn't have made the leap that I thought we were going to make, I would have just said, let's continue to. I guess trust the process. Like as people were saying, let's win now, let's win now, let's win now. We already had Jimmy, and if we would, and if knowing, I guess this is hindsight twenty twenty, but knowing that Jimmy was going to leave, um, because he didn't believe in our two top guys, I would have said, all right, let's not mortgage the pick and land you out of here, and then eventually leading to also having to get rid of Fultz, like you said earlier. Like I, I just wouldn't have done that for Tobias. Um. That that's the thing that I just kind of always kind of look back to because we're not ready to win right now, and especially with this team, and it's kind of like we we put all right we pushed all of our chips in and had a bad hand, but I'll let you take over. I'll stop talking. That's just how I feel right now about the Sixers, and it seems like an overreaction, but it's not because I'm watching every single night, and it's it's the same it's the same errors that I saw last year. It's right, the throw, same, yeah. throw the potato over. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Because I was, I can rant about the song. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. The whole Tobias thing. I never actually thought it through that way. I mean, I know you mortgage you mortgage a lot of your future, but um, say you do get say you do get that one year of Jimmy, and then he does decide to leave. You still have the folks. You still have Shaman. You still have guys like that. Yeah. Um, and then you can try to build. And see which one of those young guys you want to move maybe for another piece or going on and try to sign somebody. You're still going to win a lot yeah. of games with Embiid and Simmons and, you know, potentially attract some type of free But agent. exactly like you said, you said we had to, we were forced into paying Tobias this summer. Right. So now Tobias came back to kind of bite us. But <clears throat> from the front office perspective, I think they saw there was a, there was a, there was a window there. There was a trade that can be made um, to, I guess, improve. That one spot in the starting lineup that wasn't, I guess, great because our, our starting our starting five was, you had even when Tobias wasn't here, you had Chandler I guess playing that four spot. Yeah. You had Reddick, so I mean JJ's good and Chandler's good, but if you have those two at the two and four, it's kind of weak. So you kind of want to get a four man that can kind of take the pressure off JJ because when Tobias came yeah. here, it made it even easier for JJ having more space. With a four man like uh, Tobias on the court, so um, I think that's how we were looking at it. We we're like, all right, he'll be the last piece in that starting five, and then we'll, you know, get enough, yeah. you know, buyout guy. We'll get a buyout guy. Uh, Mike Scott gave us some good minutes. Obviously, in the playoffs, James Ennis, dudes like that. Yeah, and this isn't even saying like Tobias is playing poorly, but he's what? just not what we need right now. I think I think it's more of a. Like our roster, our roster is still growing, and it, I think we just kind of clogged it up. I think just in short. And what I would do differently, like you said, as far as the Tobias trade, that was good. I would, I would have gotten, I would have gotten a, a, a guard in here. Yeah. Or, you know, just try to change the culture of how we're going to play. I would have moved Ben to the full time four. Uh, if you don't get Tobias, you definitely can do that. Yeah. And I would have, you know, gave Markel the ball, but obviously. 
they weren't looking, you know, he they wasn't working here. His, our medical staff wasn't working with him, couldn't get him right and all this stuff. That's, right? another, that's another thing. Another thing. Like, we might as well just get into that now. Like, I think Elton, like, as much praise as we gave Elton last year because I think Philly fans, we just got so caught in the trance of, shit, we can win this year. Like, LeBron's not as strong. Like, he doesn't have AD. Or, like, it was just like, we can actually go for it and make the finals and see whatever happens. And Elton pulled the trigger so quick on all these moves. Like, the more and more it starts to marinate and the more and more we start to see the results of it, Fultz is now looking great. Like, just not to look at this small sample size, but it's true. Like, it's... Like, our team hasn't improved since last year, and we had the whole summer, and it's... Like, yeah, we brought in Josh Richardson, but he slotted into Jimmy's spot, and he's not playing as well, but it's... He still fit into that cog of, like, you know what I mean, scoring in the defense. So, it's... Yeah, I feel you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was one of the guys from day one that said we shouldn't have got rid of Markel, right? And our team was, for sure, we had more young talent with, you know, those guys... If we don't make moves to go get Jimmy Butler and Tobias, but like I said, I think you know, I think they, you know, they swung for the fences and they, you know, they were living with the results. Yeah. And now we had to pay Tobias big money because he kind of was going to bet on himself. You know, Tobias wanted to come back. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things. I guarantee Tobias came right back to the front office like, I want to be here. Let's get the deal done type thing. Damn right. Well, you he gets just traded like every February. Gets traded got, every... February 6th with us, then from the Bucks to the Pistons and February 16th. That's like, crazy. So. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be here. He's like, all right, I got a home, a team that can be good. Um, and now he's trying to step into that lead role, which is, you know, kind of tough for him. And like you said, we haven't really improved uh, in the grand scheme of things. Like, we win games because yeah. of our size, and I'm telling you, we have talent that can we can we can play a game like we played against yeah. Miami. We can outbully you know teams. I mean? We can outbully. Like what we did to Miami was like wow, like game was over very quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Miami, I think uh, this is so. I said this to somebody else, and they just didn't look. Miami looks so sluggish. Like that's not the Miami team that I've watched all year. Like if you've been watching Miami on League Pass, like. Miami's one of the hardest teams to kind of blow out. Like yeah, they're always we both were coming off yeah. a back to back though. Yeah, and then yeah, they might have. Who do we play? We played like the Knicks. Oh no, we didn't play the Knicks. I think we played. Uh, we played San Antonio before that. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Miami did have to make a trip, but still, like the Miami is a gritty team. Like you don't expect to beat the bricks off of them as we did. But regardless, like it's, it's how you win games, and I think Sixers fans are going to see it again. Like we're going to hit the playoffs, and I, I seem like a pessimistic fan, but I'm not. Like I, I'm just more of a realist order. Like you know what a winning team looks like, and you know what a losing team looks like. And when teams have the ability to stop and scheme for the just the like the clusterfuck that we have going on, like it's it's not gonna look good. Like and you see it when we play, like, we run into good teams like Toronto. Like Toronto was the last game that we watched, and it was just right. Like, so let, let's talk about how we were talking about this earlier. Let's talk about how we got here. JJ Redick left. Yeah. Jimmy Butler left. Yeah. That says something in its own. That says... As, as, I know we try to look at these guys' lives like it's a video game, like it's 2K, like we're just plugging people on our 2K yeah. team. Like we try to look at, oh, these contracts don't work here. Oh, let's get this guy... This is their lives. Like these guys make decisions as far as like... Where you can win and how much money you can win. Where you can win, how much money, you know what I mean? Financial and how you wear your family stay. Like, Jimmy Butler didn't want to be here. Like... JJ Reddick didn't want to be here. We were a we were a, 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 a roll on the rim away from being having a chance to play in overtime to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That and they're close. like, they're like, all right, well, we would have had to play Giannis or whatever the case is. If they think they would have won or whatever the case is, as a competitor, I'm, pretty, I'm sure they thought they would have won. But 
all that to say. That's the closest both of those guys have ever been to winning. Yeah, and they're like, these guys can't do it right well, now. Jay, no, aside from JJ, who was with the Clippers when that Western Conference Finals run, but continue. Um, I mean, but he never got there. They never got to the Western Conference Finals. Those deep second round runs, like against the Spurs I mean, and the you Warriors. You can't get any closer than what he got. Well, yeah. he didn't get closer, is my point. Okay, yeah. And, and just as your that, point, and <laughs> like it's more of a like you you look to go see who they want to go play with. Like those guys opted to go almost restart or take a step back, and like go play. Like so, the Pelicans have a lot of like prospects and a lot of things that look really good. But JJ opted to go make obviously a lot more money. Like what is it, like thirteen million dollars, twenty six over two years, um, rather than play with Embiid and Simmons like to, to, what to, sounded yeah. crazy like yeah. in the media like the two young guys it, everybody yeah. wanted to oh like Cat and Wiggins yeah like that's like leaving a team like that it's, no it's like, I'm it's, saying like, think about that I, lo- I love that you said that it's just like how Jimmy left those teams like that wow. team of Cat however and now but I'm even taking a step farther like would they rather play with those two like would somebody rather play with those two than Embiid and Simmons right now it's a lot easier to like a guy like Horford I know Horford's looking around like like Damn, like I thought I was gonna come here and get easy buckets. Like it's a lot harder than I thought. Like we said earlier, like it's just like it's, it's it's not easy for like veteran guys. Like Mike Scott maybe, but like look what we turned Mike Scott into. Like he all he comes into is just shooting and play defense. But like just got like just around the board. Is guys like, have to play a certain way to yeah. play with Ben Simmons and kind of to play in the Sixer system. Um, like Trey Burke is another guy that I like I love so much, but I don't understand. Like for some reason, last night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that, but that kind of this is kind of leading to what I was asking earlier. Like, is this breaking Joel and B down? Like, because we've seen, you know, they always talk about his conditioning. He can't get his weight down when he doesn't play. He gets tired. It's like a cycle. When he doesn't play, he gets out of shape, and then he plays a few games. And then once he starts playing a few games, he has to go into low management again. Then he gets out of shape. Then he comes back. Then he has to play. It's literally a cycle. Of how it goes all throughout the year, and that's supposed to make him feel better, I guess, in the playoffs and be able to go. But they publicized saw, it too much. They publicized the loot. Like, but they we literally started. We you we start. I think the Sixers started the title of it, load yeah. management. Yeah, and then that's when. You know, Kawhi was obviously resting last year, but then they just started calling it, you know, all But the, the, the Sixers are like, I feel like there's so many different ways to go about doing that with Joel. Like, like nights when like some you know, some nights like he doesn't have to go for thirty eight. Like I feel like Brett just like he has him such on a weird. Brett's like, horrible. With that. Brett's, no, he, like, I mean, he tries. I mean, this year he's been monitoring his minutes. He hasn't been playing over thirty minutes. A lot of games they just are like that. But the stretches, now. like I, I bet, like 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 short in the stretches that he plays. I don't know. But do you remember two years ago? End it with this. You remember two years ago? I think it was was it two years ago? I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Beginning. Of, oh no. Oh, yeah, whatever year he averaged 27. So last year, bro, look at how he looked at the beginning of last year. He was in the summer, all summer with Drew Hanlon. He was working out with uh, Tatum. Remember, they were playing the one-on-ones. Yeah. And Markel used to be in the gym with all of them. But they used to be in the gym every single day in the summer, playing ones, working on their games. And B came back in great shape. Yeah. Like, I don't think people are really realizing that. He came back in great shape. His body looked good. <clears throat> For him to say he lost all that weight this year, he looks way bigger than he looked to start yeah, last year. He lost year. weight because he's hanging with his girl. Like, he just taking trips and He didn't and lose weight, though. Shit. That's yeah. all a cat. Like, that's, they asked him how much he weighs now. He didn't want to say anything. He didn't lose weight. And he looked better to begin start last year. And what happened was they just played him so many minutes to start the year. He's playing 34, 35 minutes yeah. in games he played, and it killed him down the stretch. 
You know what I mean? So, like, you could have him still play normally throughout the year, but just if you want to do low management, take a game out here and there. But that goes exactly what you said. Have him play the like, first 50 of 55 games or whatever it was last year. That's why guys like Jimmy and JJ left because you, you see something in these two guys where it's like, and, and I'm starting to see it more and more. Like, and I still love Embiid, still love Simmons because they're my guys and I'm obligated to. But. Like it says something. Like neither of those guys came back this summer. And I'm like, damn. Like you, like you see even Booker's game or Luca's game or like or Trey's jump. Like Jokic, Jokic is another guy who came back and looks kind of stale. Um, but like, it also Luka, makes like, sense. Pascal. It makes sense with their personalities because I think, I think Joel B is so wrapped up in being like the best center in the league, best big, most unstoppable player that yeah. he thinks his shit don't stink. And then you got Ben, who's just cool being Ben Simmons and. Buying cars and nice clothes and yeah, just, a photographer follow like you know you know a lot about a person if they have a photographer following around all day. Yeah, like, I'm well, sorry, like it's just yeah, regardless, yeah, you know what I mean, like stuff like that. Ben Simmons, somebody said it perfectly. He's not. Uh, it's like he doesn't. Ben Simmons isn't. He doesn't want to. Um, he doesn't care what he can give to the game. He likes what the game gives him, like yeah. what he gets out That's of basketball. Perfect. He That's doesn't, perfect. you know, he what I'm likes saying? being the star and like the right. cool guy in the school, and he can get the Kylie Jenner to come sit courtside. And pull but he's not worried about how much he's really giving to the game. Like, yeah, it's kind of like you that's can, why it's kind of disrespectful yeah. to the game, which is. And, 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 off and this is our yeah, and I love how we again listeners back to Ben Simmons, but yeah, is it goes to show that Ben can't be our guy. Like you know you know by now and we'll we'll go into our overrated underrated segment right after this, but with the biggest thing I've seen He can't like, be the guy. Yeah, he can't be the guy. He can be a guy on a championship team, but not the guy. Like you see it now and Luca is the new guy that everyone is kind of infatuated with, but even with Trey or a guy like John Mitchell or like a guy like you said earlier in the podcast, like you can tell the guy like a year or two in, like is this guy going to be your dog? But the fact that we're still questioning it, the fact that some nights we love Ben and some nights we hate Ben, like that's a testament to, like if you don't know now, you're not going to like just oh in the finals he's not going to wake up and just be a dog for seven games. <laughs> like tell me, can you picture that? Nah, not even in playoff series. I see him taking. I see us playing Orlando first round. And- Winning in six or seven games, yeah, and he'll like, look good in us and flash it. Maybe like a twenty-five and thirteen game in the mix. There. Yeah. Do you hear him talk about the shot last night? Oh, in five seconds left. Yeah. No, please, I'm like, he was. Tobias had a look, and then I got it and I put it up, and that was it. That was his answer. Like he ended just and I put it up. Like then say, oh yeah, I didn't know there wasn't any. I didn't know there was still six seconds. Like he shot it. With Not only did he five shoot seconds it, left. he sat on the scores table. He just sat on the scores table and just watched Siakam go dunking. And get a dunk for his 25th point of the game. And like, yo, in the building that you lost game seven, like, you have some fucking pride, bro. bro. Josh Richardson was the, going the hardest. He had nothing to do with that series last year. <laughs> Josh Richardson was going. Tobias played pretty well. He was playing aggressive, but Tobias is Tobias. He's a vanilla. vanilla he's a heel. Score off on the side. He's not a max guy. The, the two guys who that Jackson. series should have meant the most to last night had the worst games. I mean, Ben had 10, 14, and like 8. Or what, is, like what does that mean? What does that mean until when the fourth quarter you're just giving the ball just to, yo, here, here, Al, you take it. Let me let me go run and hide in the corner. Like, like, it means nothing. It means nothing to me when I'm watching Luka go head-to-head with the Rockets on Sunday night and beat them. Like, it means nothing to me when I see Trey, like, going head-to-head with us early in the year. 
and beating up. Like, I mean, it means, it means nothing. nothing. When Pascal Siakam lets Kawhi Leonard leave and comes and cooks you down a stretch in yeah. his building. <laughs> like, I'm still the champ. Yeah, you, you're Pascal still my son. Siakam, this guy averaged like four points his first year in the league. That just shows you Dog. if you work. Dog. If you and whatever you do, he's a dog. If you work, you're going. Your game is going Dog. to develop. Stop going to the like and and then now I start. I'm starting to sound like talk radio guy, but I don't care. This this segment deserves it. Like, stop going to these like soft trainers. I would just tell you, oh, this is looking great. Like we're working on jump. Like, like you you can kind of correlate the guys who are really snapping this year with the guys that they're going to see in the gyms that they're in. Like, look at those Rico Hines runs. Like, look at all the guys that are in there and look how they're playing this year. Seriously, look at them. Oh, it's just runs, yeah. yeah. Runs. But like the runs, but they're the people that they're associating. Like, and look at the guys who Ben's playing with. Like, yeah, he's playing with his man Devin Booker. But is what Tony Snell was in there. Close I mean, that's Chris uh, Johnson. He's a good, he's a yeah. he's a legit dude. He's legit, but like, but, I mean, that you can't put. I, I mean, I'm not putting him on chain, but like, it's it's. it's, it's not, listen, him with Ben is not even about the skills and all that. Like, it's not. We're not talking about a guy that's shooting jump shots and breaking. We're not talking about a guy that we're saying he doesn't have a perimeter game because he can't shoot. But he's not with anybody. That, that's, I guess, what my point. He's not with anybody that's like, no one's keeping it a buck with him. Like, yo, bro, like, you are actually that's, starting to hold. Like, I feel I'm like. Kinda, that's what I was saying. I don't get what. I mean, Embiid says it in the media. I like that we talk about this actually going off. But Embiid says it in the media. Like, I felt like Embiid has said it multiple times. Like, we need him to start shooting threes because it opens, blah, blah, blah. We need. I've heard, and Tobias is saying all this stuff in the summer. Like, yeah, I was playing on one on one and he shot two threes in a row and made them. And it's like, all right, but are y'all really like, yo, bro, like, what is, I mean, this is, this is yeah, where it's got to be a thing where like they tossing him the ball back. Like, no, you shoot it. Like, no, but no, it's not what It's got to be, bro. Like, that's it's, a, it's a movie it's, shit, but I'm talking, got about, a young movie, I'm talking about Brett Brown, bro. What is, where's that at? What, if you there's so many things you can command on a basketball court as a coach, and I yeah. know there's so many things that he commands his team to do. He can literally Are bench you telling me you're going to let your starting point guard? You st- I don't care if he's the best passer to ever play the game of basketball. I don't care if he's the greatest, fastest runner, best handle, whatever. You're telling me he cannot look at the basket like he can just he can just chalk the hope. Scoring and shooting, and you'll still just, let him play thirty-five. Minutes. And you're just going to let him play that in that way, knowing what his potential, Bro, what his ceiling could be. You've seen, you've seen Pop bench his best guy. Like I've seen multiple star coaches. Like obviously not Bron, but like I've seen guys just nah. Like you gonna play like that? Look, look at uh Zach Levine the other night. Yeah, before so, before his forty-nine point out boys. So look at um. So my main guy, right? Keeps saying is Mark Jackson. They keep saying Thibodeau. You bring Thibodeau in here, he's the hard ass or whatever, and he whips Ben and Embiid and whatever, nah, and they, they don't listen to him. They're they going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> They're okay. going to leave. Yeah. You That's can't, what I'm saying. It's, it's so, too late. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So there, there's no alternative then. You're yeah. saying, like, yeah, you got to keep a Brett Brown type or they're going to leave. So then you don't want him. Or, no. You don't want to get better. Or, or you have to bring in a guy that is is resoundingly known as the smartest guy in the room. Like, so it would have to be, like, Pop's not obviously leaving San Antonio. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if it's a guy that's gonna try to you try to break them, these guys are established now. Like, we're quote unquote established, but they're they're made all star games, and you know what I mean. So it's you like you're not about to come in here and tell Ben Simmons to run suicide. <laughs> like, it's not. I guess not how things go. Um, <laughs> ben yeah. Simmons is the, the one of the like greatest, like most well conditioned athletes I've ever seen. Ben Simmons, bro, it'd be. You see, people don't notice that because of how mad he's getting. He, you are him in a moment. But go next time, bro, look at Ben Simmons with like a minute left in the fourth quarter. 
bro, his face stoic. His, yeah. like he's he's smiling. He's not breathing, bro. He's in such a great shape, and he's that's what's so much more frustrating about him. Like he can be right. It's not like he's tired. Bro, point like he's he can be so much at point, the too much pointless movement, bro. Like like yeah, yeah you say you say it's a good shape, like, but you, you like I'm starting to think that's more of like. That's how little he's doing in the four. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll no, sprint down the court. Defensively, bro, he's yeah. moving. Yeah. Ben moves on me, bro. Ben slides his feet. Ben's in a passing lane. Ben sprints the flooring and finish. Like, he can do things like that. Yeah, that's for, four, for 14 seconds when he's standing in, in, in half. <laughs> no, but just, when the ball's in his hand, no, when nothing, the ball's in his hand. Nothing, bro. nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's getting ball. extended breaks throughout the fucking night. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just saying this out of spite. Shape, like, I, I, know he's, I know he's in shape, and I'm just being <laughs> facetious <laughs> and joking. But, like, it's just... I'm sick of it. Like I am, I am, I am beyond sick of us thinking I'm that. Sick this, of like, it. yo, like, like, yo, why, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like, as Philly fans, like, I'm, I'm, like, I feel like we talk ourselves into just so. We, much. What, what do we gotta call it? We have to call this a certain episode. It's, it has to. This episode has to have some type of name. It has yeah. to be some type of Philly like. We gotta be like, yo, this is the pie where yeah, <laughs> they, they the jump over, yeah. jump off the beat and see this bandwagon. <laughs> Which, uh, listen, I'm still here if we get. Listen, the adequate help around them, but they're a role play. Like Benson is a role player. I'm packing my suitcase. Put it like that. I'm yeah. packing my suit. I'm not off the Titanic yet, but I'm looking I, at the I, lifeboat. I still have. I still have hope. I still have hope with him. I still have hope for him be being a superstar in this league if he gets the proper coaching, the proper conditioning. Because I'm actually at that point where you get a new coach and you you change up the culture yeah. a little bit. Yeah. At yeah. this flip point, it's script. stale. Yeah. It's stale. Like Brett Brown, I love the dude. I'm talking about. Best quotes, like the most quotable coach. Real nice guy. Yeah, really nice guy type thing. Don't like, care. Get him out of here. And it's <laughs> it fundamentally very smart in basketball. When you hear him break down the game, he's very smart. But when it comes to leading men and development and yeah, and, ha- and stuff, holding guys accountable, holding he's just he's, he's not the best at it. Like people look at him as the nice uncle, not the stern dad. Like it's just it's it's a thing. And like I, it it sucks that it took this long for it to break. But, because I really wanted him to be the guy that really took us to the precipice, but there's just it's not a thing. Like when so, guys aren't looking at so you, so you're done with Brett. Because I'm like I'm there. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm at that point. I think I'm like it's it's going to take us a couple of games, but may, hopefully we go on a losing streak and bring in some like. And here's the thing. Here's I, I know you guys from TNT Plus listeners. I always said we can't be done with Brett because who else is out there to get? But at this point, it's we're wasting our time. Like we we keep saying like the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, yeah. and we we keep seeing the same mistakes with Brett and and if he can't have the type of impact on the guy like that's what coaching is. You told me that last night. Like coaching is getting the best out of your talent, mm-hmm. and if we were repeatedly seeing a guy not get the best out of the talent, but then every single year we expect something different, that is insanity. Maybe their maybe their development's different under a different guy. Maybe. He's getting them in different spots on the floor yeah. to be successful. It's just a different thought. Or, yeah, a be- yeah, just a different uh, different voice in the room. Um, either at that point, or I'm at the I'm I'm saying, listen, like move Ben Simmons to the four. He's now Draymond Green. He's the facilitator, the point forward. He's not the main lead guy, right? Make yeah. and and that's just how you have to play him. You have to play him as that. I don't know how, what his NBA comparison would be. A guy that doesn't shoot at all, but you know, to the rim can finish lobs. I guess a Capella type so at the it, four. Another thing, with, I'm starting this, but a very, oh, but a very good passer. So it'll be a Draymond Green type. But yeah. move him to the four. Go get a guard, and then you try to build that way yeah. and have those two be your big men if you want to play those two as centers. But 
One thing I wanted to say too, before you get into your last point or get into your point, we kind of had a panic summer and we kind of thought of it in a different way, in a different light. And I'm kind of saying this now, like I, I kind of can see it from a different lens now. We go out and get Horford and it seems so crazy. Like, oh, we have two bigs, we'll bully team, blah, blah, blah. That move in its own is like, all right, that's how you feel about Embiid. You have to go get yeah. a guy to play 20 games when he doesn't play. That's such a who's out there move and yeah. let's get him away from Boston. Move. Yeah, like. that's kind of what that is. Um, but, I mean, I think that I, it was one of the move, a move you had to make if you couldn't get anybody else. Yeah. I think that's like where you, you have money and you have to spend it. And, like, that's why I like Josh. Like, you, yeah. you, you make moves like that just to kind of show the city, hey, listen, like, I'm pushing all my shit. Like, yeah. as a city, you look at you look at the, just like Cody said, you look at the landscape and see no one else out there. we got to get somebody to take over. But, again, this, this is just awful. Um, all right, so, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap that six-year segment up. A um, little bit of a rant, a little bit of some things, and I'm sure that, Quinn and I may regret in two or three weeks if we go on some crazy run, but I doubt it. Uh, the next segment that we got is a newer one that we kind of previewed a little earlier in the pod called Overrated, Underrated. Um, essentially, this is going to be me pitching Quiddy. A couple of guys um, in the league, they could be a player, GM, um, owner, and I'll just say overrated or underrated given our expectations of them coming into the year and or when they were drafted and Yada, yada, yada. So, you ready? Yeah. Overrated, underrated. Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum is, I think he's a, like a neither guy. If anything, I'd say he's underrated at this point. I think he's has the full package. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't, can't really say he's underrated, though, because I, I, he's neither for me. I don't know if you'd say he's leaning one way or another for you, but I just kind of talk about his game a little bit. He's a three-level scorer. Um, he can work on his efficiency a little bit because obviously they say he takes a lot of contested mid ranges, but I think his his shot selection has been much better this year. Um, again, 20, 20, 21 points a game in, in 34 minutes. He's only shooting 40 from the field, but he's shooting 36 from three. So obviously he can really knock down that trade ball when he has going. That opens up the rest of the game for him and his teammates, obviously. So I, I don't think he leans one way or another. What do you say? Um, I would say a little overrated kind of going into I guess when he got drafted um obviously that's the like it's it's, it's I think it's you know earlier now and it goes to the pack I've said it twice now you know earlier now with guys like if he's going to be your lead guy and the star but right now he's still kind of split um with Brown and Kemba and like that team is really good and they're doing well um but like you kind of have to like just I don't know like so like you it, say you it, say he's overrated yeah, a little overrated because he's not he's not going to be your Kawhi. He's okay. not going to be your KD, and that's what you thought. Only thing I say, yeah, only thing I say to that is he's, he's 21, you know, give him four or five years. Yeah. If his game, if he stays with the same skill set and he develops and learns how to get to each and every one of his spots better, maybe draws a little bit more fouls, maybe gets a bit more efficient from the field, maybe he could be one of those guys. Yeah. I ain't rolling it out for him. Okay. Next guy we have is Jamal Murray. Do you think he's overrated or underrated? I like that one. Uh... Quiddy's pondering. I say overrated, right? I think Jamal Murray's good, um, but I think he's a product of a really good team. They're a really good team. His skill set fits that team very well. Mm-hmm. He plays with a very skilled big man, probably the most skilled big as far as you know, passing the ball, distributing the ball. Yeah. Um, in the league, 
and that we've seen in a while actually in Jokic is how great he is passing the ball from the high post and top of the key and you know in the pick and roll and all that. Uh, I think he helps Murray out a lot. I think uh, Murray's a good, a great uh, shooter, three level scorer. Um, but I don't think he's. I think when it really comes down to it, like he's not going to be that point guard that's leading them because they're going to need a point guard to be or a guy with the ball at the end of the game. Like you can't play through. They're not going to be able to play through Jokic, in my opinion, in the playoffs. It's going to be have to be a smaller guy getting yeah. in the lane, collapsing the defense. So, and I don't think he's that guy, and I don't think he's doing that on the elite, elite level. Yeah, Kyrie Irving level, Steph Curry level in the playoffs type. Yeah, I would say he's um, right where he needs to be. Um, I don't have an actual like like tipping point for him, just because, as you said, like he's one of those just consistent guys. Um, but will never, never be the guy that gives you thirty-four and fourteen two nights in a row or for like a week straight. And just carries your squad. Like, you know what I mean? He's just going to be almost a strong, like, cornerstone type of piece. Right. Next guy we have, sure. uh, Pat Bev. Obviously been in the news and highlights a lot recently. Uh, played the Rockets, I think, twice in the last two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. First game they played against the Rockets, James Harden was only at one for six against them. Or, like, one for seven. One was I'm going to just cut you off. You overrated. Overrated. That old defense. Like, I love that Russ said that. It's kind of funny Russ said that. And I think Pat Beverly is a good defender, but I think that's all he is. Russ calling the pot calling the kettle black. But. I, I, don't, I, don't think he's, and I don't think he's a great defender. I don't think when he's, he goes up against the elite dudes, like, they, they cook him. Like, he's in her face and doing all that stuff. And I hate that. I mean, I think all that stuff is corny for the game. Like, I don't like how he can just flop around and be like, oh, I'm playing hype defense and be all over you. And then you touch him and he dives to the ground like dudes may have like some guys do make contact with him but he sit there and flop all crazy i don't like all that the theatrics is crazy to me it makes him look crazy to me but i mean but the league needs it you know like there's I mean, always a guy like, there's always a tony allen there's always a there's always a i mean tony allen's a lot better than i think pat bev for on defense he's a but, better defender yeah, definitely sure. a better defender but um i think the league definitely does need guys like him and it makes guys it just it kind of gives hope for you know Guys coming in the league are curious how you... Well, oh, he's overrated defensively because I think he's a good defender, not a great defender. Ah, he's a versatile defender, though. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Pat Bev a little bit more. Daryl Morey, overrated, underrated? Um, Daryl Morey. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Why? I mean, he always keeps a solid-ass team out there. Like, no matter what. I mean, they've been... They've been winning for what the last five, six years since they got Harden. Yeah, so, I mean, he's built around them to to be they're right there in the mix and mixing things to be at the top again. You know, they they go out and get Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, yeah. who was you know obviously clearly had some, some type of issues with uh, James Harden, and you know they move on and they continue to compete. I'm going to say overrated. I think strictly off the fact that um, he's kind of bought too much into the D'Antoni system. I think by now I would have at least tried to flip a coach and try to find someone else to kind of pair with my analytics team and system, but also was a good basketball mind, like a Doc Rivers guy who like, uses the analytics department but doesn't let it control how he coaches and, and dictates the basketball team. But We've talked about the Rockets before and gotten into what we don't like about their offense, but I think that's just kind of encapsulates everything about Maury and how deep he is of just letting numbers kind of 
run every decision that he makes rather than just, you know. Um, okay. Uh, anybody else? Nah, let's just, yeah. We'll, we'll, but that's just the new overrated, underrated segment. We'll get right into the Eagles just because we got to have to wrap up here. Okay. Rough 30 to 48 hours in Philly, man. God damn. Five and six right now. Uh, I'll take over a few. Again. Yeah. All right, so Carson Wentz. Let's just get right into it. He was horrible. Fumbled the ball. Two fun, four turnovers overall. Two lost fumbles, and two really bad interceptions. Um, was missing guys left and right. Missed Miles. Missed Miles Sanders in the flat. I think on the left and the right side. Um, was thrown behind guys. Threw behind Ertz for a first down in the early in the game. Um, uh, I think it was Dan, was it Dan Orlovsky or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. He had um, a nice breakdown. He had a little breakdown saying, just talking about kind of the timing with the receivers. And, and what the receivers are doing wrong. Like, they were sitting, yeah. like, there were a couple of routes with JJ There's where he the, sat yeah. outside of the stick, like, the, the hashes. and Right, and we, we can see Carson doesn't have the, the rhythm with these guys. And you have the whole right side of the line, which is blood, like, just yeah, Brooks done. That has just an anxiety down. attack the, before the game. The game and Lane Johnson's out. Lane's out. And the running back course, just you know, obviously, just factors that don't help his situation. But he was overall bad, and this was rock bottom for once. Um, Obviously, five and six now. Craziest thing is we both we both sat here. I think a few pods back and made predictions, and I think you ended up having them being nine and seven. I had them being ten and six, like going over just like what we thought. Yeah, and both of those are still at hand. Both of those are still in hand, just. Considering how easy their schedule is coming on a stretch here, and as brutal as it's looked the last two weeks offensively, uh, we're getting some guys back. I guess Alsh, you get Alshon back, you get Nelson back. I don't know about Jordan Howard um, this week. I think you get LeBlanc back. LeBlanc back on the defensive side. Uh, obviously, you get the two linemen back in Brooks and Lane. Um, you get you get some guys back and. You, now every game is basically a playoff game, and you you know that kind of going into it. So you kind of got guys leaving all they have out there, going against three teams that have two wins. So yeah. um, there's some optimism there, looking at it from that angle, and I, like just the, the bigger picture. Yeah. Regardless of what, I, it, like I said, what happened in the last season's two weeks. Season's over, man. Season's over. Season's you say. over. Um, it's just it's instability. It's instability all around. Like when I say season's over, like my expectations are always Super Bowl coming into the year, and obviously you have to adjust. But right now, like we we wouldn't even be a good playoff team. Like right now, we, we would look like the Texans did like two or three years ago if we made the playoffs. Like it's not going to the wild card. Like we we have n- no like part to our offense or game that like worries teams or teams even have to game plan. Like what do you have to game plan for Ertz? Like our defense is starting to step up and play well, and this is something I'll attribute to like a lot. Our defense of is playing great, yeah. like, like, great. Not even stuff. like they're playing great. That's what's really weird because how the Pats they and were the Seahawks to seventeen points. And it, the weird part about it is they were horrible to start the year. You know, but somebody said something good. This was they weren't healthy. Too. Like yeah, it takes a defense because you don't have a long enough OTAs and training camp. It takes them damn near until like. It's Thanksgiving week 10 to kind of really see what your defense is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same thing last year with us. Like, our defense carried us into the Bears game. And then, like, you know what I mean? Even with the like the Saints game, Michael Thomas snapped. But, like, at the end, we were right there. This is a tribute to our defense. But, right. uh, 
like yeah, I, I like I just want to see like I like it might it sounds crazy, but like I kind of wanted the Cowboys just to end our misery, and it just shows how much the Cowboys suck. But that's a whole different story. Like on Sunday night, just because like it, I don't want to have to go through the hope of us being like shit. We're gonna make the play. Like and I know that's a part of being a fan, but then like so we win, we win the next three. We beat Miami. We beat. We take care of the Giants, and oh, we get a chance to go to DC and play the Redskins. You win three. You eight and six going into week what sixteen, and you have Dallas at at home, and and they lose a game. Say to the Bears. I mean, say to the. Uh, I think they have the, the Bills. The Bears. The Bills. Yeah, the say Bills they lose to one of those two, and they're maybe eight and six at the time. What do you? I mean, yeah, like as a fan, I'm gonna be happy, and you know what I mean. But like, I, I see. You think the, we lose that game? Like, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, I. I so that's I, how you think the season's over. Yeah. You, so do you think yeah, we lose any yeah. of the next three? I think there's a possibility too. That's that's another reason why I say the season's over because yeah, we'll beat Miami, um, but the Giants are a team like anytime it's a divisional game, like I can see us just like how we look right now. We can just slip up and lose that game because we can't put up any points. I don't see us losing. What I you, can't. You mean, like the, the, I just. Uh, you can't, but until it happens, until you lose one of these bad teams, then it really shows you how bad your football team is. But I'm, I guess I'm kind of prepping myself for that. Yeah. But like it's the, like the Seahawks defense isn't that good. Like you've seen teams put up numbers against them. Like they're kind of a bend but don't break defense. Obviously, Bobby Agger and KJ Wright um, and, and Jay, like the way our defense has been playing. Play I feel like they're going to swarm that like a Daniel Jones. And like I mean, Fitzpatrick has had some success against yeah. us in the past. But they, well, like they have playmakers. They have Saquon. They have Ingram. They have Golden Tate, so like they have a guy that can break one, and we there's none there's none of that on our side, and then all it takes is for a defense to kind of be clicking against us, and it's the game is over. Um, as for Wentz, I mean, I, like I said, you get all those guys back on the offensive end. I, I don't think we're that. I don't think we're incapable of scoring 17, 20 points if our defense yeah. can hold. We'll go ahead. Um, as for Wentz, this is my final closing point. Um, as you said, he played really poorly yesterday, worst game in his career by far. However, I think if you are an Eagles fan and you are calling for a different quarterback or someone else to be in here, or Josh McCown, like my man Hirsch said, you are a, you are an idiot. Um, it it is. Impar- Wait, somebody actually said Josh McCown. Yeah, I, and maybe he was trolling because he he's a fool's fanatic. But you you have to let your quarterback go through these like shitty moments. Like if if people think Mahomes is just about to go eleven and five for the next. 12 years in a row and just be the most dominant quarterback ever, then they're wrong. Like, you're going to have a really bad year. And like, we're going through that right now with Wentz. And there's no excuses anymore. Like, I have nothing else to say about the receivers not being there or X, Y, and Z or, and, and, like, the offensive line being shaky. Yeah, but the thing that's weird about that is people say that, but these are real factors. It's not, like, those aren't excuses. Like, yeah, to say he just, doesn't have receivers is a thing. Like, yeah. he, that's part of the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's like saying, I don't know, like, what's that compared? It's like saying a dominant center can't it's a, be it's dominant. a fisherman without, without a fisher pool. Right. Like, it's, you know, so it's it's one of those things. But at the same time, like, where where we thought once was the the GOAT and really great, like, he could be able, just be able to overcome all those things and win games. But obviously, he's not there yet. And it takes time. But if you're comparing him to a guy like Kirk Cousins, who's repeatedly shown he loses his team game, and once was yesterday, that was the first time where he, I would say he lost. Nah, I wouldn't even say he totally lost the game, but Kirk Cousins has literally thrown his team out of football games. Dak Prescott, not this year, because he's a top two quarterback this year, but I've seen him throw his team out of games or not make throws, put his teams out of games. Um, 
regardless, Eagles are still my squad. Uh, I'm optimistic for the next upcoming games with the Giants and the Dolphins and the Redskins, but uh, I kind of just want the football season to be over. Basketball season is not looking too good either. League time is around here for three sports fans, but uh, we're going to be all right. Yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, it's, it's more important things. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Tansy Hoops, episode 27. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Love. Nice sleeping in my shirt, thinking I won't make it. Now I got your favorite actress and getting naked.